With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing good. As always, it's Monday. It is time for our Power Ranking show. This is week three. Um, very excited to get into it. But before we do, um, should talk about at least one piece of notable news that broke this morning. LJ, the New York Mets have designated Robinson Cano for assignment. Uh, They needed to get down to 26 players on their active roster, and they choose to DFA Robbie Cano, who is owed around $37.5 million through the 2023 season. Um, They will be... I guess, releasing him, that's what they said. Obviously, Cano's not going to want to play in AAA or anything like that. So they'll be eating that money that is owed to him. Um, First impression, this is what having a rich owner, um, when you have a rich owner, you can do stuff like this. Um, I'm going to push back there a little bit. Because, I mean, you're right. Yes, rich ownership, yeah, it makes it a lot easier. But I think it's more a matter of ownership that wants to win because the Yankees have rich ownership. They wouldn't pull this off. What you've got right now is you have a guy who is in charge of your franchise and he is far more concerned about winning than he is his reputation and how, how the optics, how good things look, because, you know, you got this huge contract that the team signed. Most teams would be too afraid to eat the money and cut a guy because he wasn't working because of the bad optics of having to pay somebody all that money to not have it pan out. Meanwhile, Steve Cohen sits here and says, okay, literally everyone but my catchers are producing significantly for this team right now. I need to help do the, help this group succeed in the best way I can. And the best way you can is by getting Guys like Jeff McNeil, more at bats, all these guys who are really, again, flat out producing. You get these guys more regular playing time. You get Robinson Cano's bat, which has just been downright awful to start the year after a couple down years before this. You get that out of the way, all of a sudden it's a lot easier for these guys who are succeeding to put in the good work. So 
I praise him. It's not a matter of having that much money because most people who have an MLB franchise have enough money to handle that. But this is more a matter of sacrificing ego for wins. And you're absolutely right when it comes to, you know, how much he's been struggling this season. Um, his He's chased almost half the pitches that he's been thrown outside of the strike zone. <sighs> Not good. Um, a career-worst 73% contact rate on his swings. Um, and, look, he's 39 years old. He just came back from his second suspension due to PEDs. Um, certainly not the way that I think he saw his career ending, but at the end of the day, the dude made two bags, really. I mean, that huge contract with the Mariners um, and still getting paid there. I mean, you go on baseball reference, career earnings of $238 million. Uh, he did pretty good for himself. He did very good for himself. And also, like, again, don't rule him definitively out. Does that seem crazy to say? Like, no, you know, the... there's enough. There's enough bad teams that might be willing to make a, take a flyer on him, especially if they end up in a scenario where you know they desperately need a second baseman. Then there's going to be somebody who's going to be willing to take a stab at him. And if you're Robinson Cano, you know, unless you're fully ch- like you're checked out, which I wouldn't be entirely surprised if that was the case. You know, you're 39. You've had a very complete career. You've had you've done a lot with your time in the majors. So if I were in his case, maybe I am ready to hang it up at this point. And like that was the sign that like, all right, maybe I wasn't invested as invested at age 39 as I was at age 34, 33. Or if he's just having a tough time of it, he can go wherever the heck he wants to finish out his career or wherever wants him without having to necessarily worry about the money and worry about that respect, because you're already going to have 40 million in income from the Mets coming in the next two years. You really, anything on top of that right now is bonus. Yeah. And we should certainly real quick. I mean, he's a 70 war player for his entire career. Had it not been for those two suspensions from PEDs, we would have been talking about him as a, as a, potential hall of famer even like a probable hall of famer um at least for um, a second baseman yeah i would buy into at second base i'd buy into probable hall of fame but no that's not like not anywhere close to the, on the table now exactly well i mean well, we, we got to set the line somewhere right exactly exactly um well let's get into our power rankings i'll start it off i'll go with teams 30 through 26 um i believe it is the same actually no i switched one team out of this group um from last week but i'll run through it the reds at 30 we talked about them at length on yesterday's show the orioles at 29 the nationals at 28 the pirates at 27 and the rangers at 26 um i definitely didn't think i'd be putting the rangers this low at this point in the season i thought eventually they were going to learn how to hit, but when you only have like two hitters that are actually good um, and zero pitchers on your roster that are good, it's it's pretty tough. No, I mean, it's, yeah, you're, you're right. And this is kind of, this is what you should probably expect out of this team. They're not going to, they're probably going to do the same thing all year because you've got, again, 
a handful of actual quality players on this team. When less than half of your team is quality, then you're not, you shouldn't expect to go anywhere. So right now you're looking at a team. I mean, the Rangers I had, um, so I did Reds, Nationals, Royals, Tigers, Rangers, where was my bottom five. This is the highest the Rangers have gotten started in 29 at 29 for week one, moved up to 27 and now to 26. So this honestly kind of feels like their peak. I feel like they will, they will float between like 25 and 29 the entire time. I don't see this roster as being like this roster is within that select group of downright terrible teams, but I don't think they're bad enough to ever compete for the bottom spot. And LJ, I noticed the Tigers, they dropped nine spots in your rankings from last week. Uh, any comment there? Um, again, still high on the group, but you know, this is a three and seven start without a ton of impressive wins for me. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I go c- competitive from last week. So the Marlins started off, had, had a great week. The Twins had a great week. The Phillies were solid. Um, there's just There was a lot of really good performances here. And when it comes down to that head-to-head eye test, it was just, it's a matter of who do I think is the better team. And with what we're seeing out of Detroit right now, it's not them. But at the same time, you have, also have to keep in mind, you know, Torkelson, he hasn't gotten off to necessarily a slow start, but he certainly hasn't been setting the world on fire. Javi's missed time. Um, Matt Manning and Casey Mize have both missed time now. So it's, uh, you know, it's not an ideal start from them for even a health standpoint. Absolutely. Well, LJ, take us through your 25 through 21. My 25 through 21, we have the White Sox at 25, the Orioles the Pirates, the A's, and the Diamondbacks move up to 21. I kind of want to touch on the Diamondbacks here because, again, they've certainly they've earned this play, and a lot of the way they've earned this play is this pitching. Merrill Kelly and Madison Bumgarner have really stepped up to start the season. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. Um, Diamondbacks, I moved them up. I mean, I might as well just run through mine right now. We went Royals 25, Diamondbacks 24, A's 23, Tigers 22, and Cubs 21. Uh, You know, I had the Diamondbacks last week. I ranked them 29th, and I had them dead last. We actually both had them a dead last in our week one power rankings. Um, You know, they're sitting at 10 and 13 right now. With only a negative 19 run a differential with that offense that is is just atrocious. Um, the pitching has really stepped up for them. And, you know, you, you bring up guys like Madison Bumgarner, Merrill Kelly. Zach Gallen is still is still good, too. Um, Zach Gallen's been really good. In the 15 innings he's pitched, he's got a .6 ERA uh, this year. Really impressed by with what I've seen from them. And... They really do have a solid bullpen. Uh, Mark Melanson, I know he's on the IL now, but he had a good start. Um, they got Ian Kennedy from the Rangers. That was a good offseason addition. He's off to an okay start. And um, there's just guys in there that have been having a really good year out of this this bullpen. Um, pretty impressed with what I've seen out of that pitching staff when there's not a lot of notable names. Yeah, you know, and um, talking about Ian Kennedy, they really got a – bit of a steal like they're really lucky the way things panned out we've talked about it time and time again how 
the um, relief market in particular is very volatile and it's very scary to go try to trade for relievers or sign relievers because you don't really know how they're going to adjust to the new environment and the change of teams. It always seems like you get your most consistent performance out of relievers when they stay in the same spot for a long time. And so really Arizona are the benefactors of a tough, tough um, second half of the season for Ian Kennedy in Philly last year, where he just doesn't, wasn't the same guy that he was in Texas for the, for through the all-star break. And so ultimately I think that's what ended up sliding him into a setup role. That's now turned into a decent closing spot. Absolutely. And for, for fantasy baseball purposes, he's actually starting to make a case for like, you know, having quite a, quite a bit of a value there. Um, if the diamondbacks can put a few runs up on the board, um, no one else I really wanted to talk about here, you know, talked about the Royals a little yesterday, the Tigers, I put them at 22. Um, Cubs are just kind of sitting around the 20 range for me, like every single week. They have been 22, 20, and then 21 for me. Just not a lot of movement there. Um, I moved the Guardians down to 20, but, you know, I've, I I was never extremely high on this group in the first place, and we're starting to kind of see um, that. I know they won three in a row, but three and oh, seven still, in their last 10. Still, either either way, it's it's a matter of, their situational play is winning games that they shouldn't necessarily be winning based on talent. Like this isn't that talented a roster. It's just a roster that it's a team that plays well. And you need to, you need, really need both to be a top half team in the league. That's why you're not going to see that for a long term. The A's another team to touch on real quick. Uh, I believe they were the first, they might've been the only, no, there was a couple more, but they, they moved from drop from 10 in my rankings to 22 that's got to be the, my my farthest drop and again this is kind of exactly what i was predicting out of this team you know they're going to come out like gangbusters they were going to look really good and pick up some series in the first three weeks have a really good april and then by the time may comes you know they've kind of those bats that always seem to come around for this team based on the way they operate will cool off sooner rather than later but this is just it's the a's way to get off to a good hot start absolutely well i will take you through my 20 through 16 guardians phillies red Sox, rockies white Sox. um want to talk about the red Sox for a little bit here and i'm sure lj will have um a lot more in-depth commentary on this than i do um i could have put them a little lower but i'm still optimistic um you look at stats like run a differential they're only minus nine they've actually allowed less runs than both tampa and toronto who have both had pretty good pitching staffs to start the year um you know you look at a lot of teams and in terms of the, the pitching, I don't really think that's the issue here. I just don't know what's going on with this offense. Um, it, it's very confusing to me how there's so many players off to bad starts. I mean, Trevor's story, it's between him and, and Marcus Simeon for the worst start for any of these guys that were big names on the free agent market. I mean, I think Marcus Simeon takes the cake, but Trevor's story certainly not. I mean, he still doesn't have a home run. Um 
you know, the 76 OPS plus uh, is a little worrisome, but he's been, at least from what I've heard, okay in the field. Um, it's, yeah, LJ, it's I don't know, an, where do you... It's been an inconsistent performance in the field, let's actually say. Let's call a spade a spade here. Okay, well, you know, uh, take me through your thoughts on the Red Sox, and you can run through your list because you have them in this grouping as well. I do. I went Cubs at 20, Red Sox at 19, then the Phillies, the Guardians, and the Braves. Um, Look, this Red Sox team is just – there's a lot of holes here. I mean, realistically, you're talking about Kike has gotten off to a slow start, but he's getting overhyped as well. You're talking about a guy who should be around a 250 hitter based on batting average. So a 195 start isn't like the end of the world for that guy. He's not the – He's not the MVP that I think a lot of Red Sox fans made him out to be coming out of that last, uh, that great postseason. So he's not a five war player every single season. I mean, even, I mean, again, like, did he put a five last year? It was a lot. I mean, it was, I'm going to look right now, but there was, it was certainly significant. Um, um, 4.9, yeah. Either way, I, and I don't think that's, 4.9, I don't think that's out of, that's not out of the realm of possibility, but what I'm talking about is the all the Red Sox fans out there who are assuming he's going to have this, like, he should be putting up a 125 OPS plus. Ah, uh, yeah. Is really, again, expectations. So I'm going to ignore him from that. But again, Trevor Story hasn't shown up. Bobby has not shown up. Jackie has shown up for one week so far all season. And it's incredibly frustrating because those honestly those two are the ones you kind of needed um excuse me trevor and bobby are the two you really needed to show you something and they haven't yet because you can accept accept the fact that that you're not going to get a ton of offensive production out of jackie and vasquez if the rest of the lineup's intact but you've got a lot of guys underperforming in terms of getting on base you've got a lot of guys with batting averages under the Mendoza line on this team. And even the middle of this order is struggling to string hits together. So that's why you end up seeing a lot of low run games. Either way, it's not going to matter if they score half the time. It doesn't feel like it's going to matter whether they score two runs or six runs, because it's going to end up being a tight game either way, because they have really no clue what exactly they should be doing with this bullpen right now. I mean, you know, you pull, you pull Garrett Whitlock out of it in favor of, a starting role and move Tanner Houck out. Keep in mind, Tanner Houck with a uh, 241 ERA to start the season. Like they decide that's the move that needs to be made when Whitlock has clearly had more experience and more poise in relief roles and high leverage relief at that. So, you know, at some point here, they need to make a decision and stick with it. Doing this whole closer by committee thing with, Robles, Diekman, and Barnes when really Robles and Whitlock are the only two that have proven they deserve it. That's really what it comes down to. That's where this change needs to come. I'm happy with the rotation. The back half of this lineup is rough. This bench is rough, and this bullpen is terrible. This might be the worst bullpen I've watched in Boston in my lifetime. Yeah, I had a question real quick about the the bullpen. Why is Darwinson Hernandez in AAA? Um excellent question i really like he had a pretty good year last year from what i can remember um brandon i i really he did i don't have a good answer for you 
Okay. Well, I was just I, I just saw that. I was kind of looking through the roster, and I was like, oh, where's Darwin's and Hernandez? Check the IL. He wasn't there. And, I mean, he's struggled in AAA so far this year, but he's a reliever. It's a small sample size. There's been we're not even a month into the season. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Again, um, it, was, it was just a bad spring. Yeah. But we'll see. All right. All right, number 15, the halfway point. I've got Astros at 15, Twins at 14, the Marlins at 13, the Mariners at 12, and the Braves at 11. I moved the Astros down three spots um, to 15. I just, I don't know. This is a really confusing team to me right now because they've they've only had two series at home the entire season. Right, so they're two and four in those six games, um, and they've held their weight on the road. I mean, they're they're nine and seven on the road, and eventually, when you start playing those home games, we know how good Houston is when they play at Minute Maid. But just a pretty confusing team to me right now. I'm not really sure how to feel about them. Um, they clearly are struggling offensively, which is kind of a shock to me because all these guys you're just used to seeing. And it's not like they're playing bad. I mean, Jordan Alvarez is doing Jordan Alvarez things. Kyle Tucker, the last, like, seven days, he's been going insane. He's had a great week. Um, And I don't know. Jeremy Pena has been really solid filling in for Carlos Correa. It's not filling in. It's replacing. Let's be real here. All right, this guy, replacing. This guy's a, this guy's a darn good. He's a darn good replacement for Correa. Yeah, exactly. It's what exactly. It's what I'm saying. I, you know, I picked Michael Brantley for my for my player of the week for for DH. Um, I don't really know what's what's what, what's going on here in Houston. Um, I, I, is it bad that I'm not concerned in any way, shape, or form? Like, and it's not just apathy towards the team. It's like, at what point have any of these? guys really shown yes the numbers aren't there the runs aren't there right now but when have they ever shown that they aren't players of quality like when they aren't they aren't legit we've seen this talent come through so many times at this point that i don't feel nervous i probably wouldn't feel nervous until after the all-star break with this team at least being able to make the playoffs and you know it's all it's all about getting hot at the right time too so i mean i'm i'm going to struggle to pick against Justin Verlander in a wild card game. I'm going to struggle to really pick against once they get their whole uh, rotation actually like fixed up and into a logical scenario where they really understand what they have. That group, I think, will end up performing much, much better than it seems like they are right now. So overall, I can only see things going up for this team. We know the talent's there. It's got to be, it's just got to turn around because yeah, and back on Jeremy Pena, if we're saying he's a good quality replacement when it comes to rookies for Carlos Correa, then they clearly haven't lost much from last last season's team. Last season's team that made the World Series. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. Um, I just, as of right now, I'm putting them at 15, but I'm sure they will be on the, the come up in my rankings over the next few weeks. Um, LJ, you want to take us 10th, or did... Did you list your 15 through 11? Um, I'll do it again if I need to. Uh, Marlins, Rockies, Twins, Astros, Rays. 
Then my um, nothing really else for me to touch on there. My uh, ten through five, we've got the Mariners, the Brewers, the Padres, the Angels, and the Cardinals. It's just again really solid teams or teams we knew were going to be solid. I think is actually the real trend I saw when I was making this list. Teams we knew were going to be solid finally actually showing up to be solid. I mean, getting really getting the uh, still having the Mariners. They're still kicking around even though there was a um, mediocre week you've got the Padres finally bringing things back up you got the Brewers finally back up where they really should be after a slow start so you know these are top 10 caliber teams that finally are playing like it yeah uh, absolutely um my 10 through 5 I've got Cardinals at 10 Angels Rays Padres at 7 and the Brewers at six, that is the highest I've had the Brewers so far this season. They went from 15 to nine to now six in my rankings. Have very quietly been one of the hottest teams like since that first whatever happened to them that first week. Um, they're looking solid. Um, really not much to say. The offense is still struggling, but they have the 14 most four, – Scored the 14th most runs in the league, so a little bit above average there. Um, and then, you know, the Padres are still really solid, quietly doing that. I mean, they, they've been getting overshadowed by, of course, the Dodgers and Giants. But the Padres, I mean, 15-8 and eight is certainly nothing to be mad at. Um, and honestly, like you said, these are just really solid teams. Um, nice to see the Angels, you know have a little bit of consistency here i would like it if over if we're on june 1st when we're talking about um these teams that the angels would still be in a spot like this um we can only hope but i I think i've said it a bunch of times i mean when the angels are good it's good for baseball because mike trout and shohei otani can finally be shown to the world that they can actually be on a good baseball team. Yeah, and another thing, too, is a matter of keeping Shohei healthy. Exactly. But another thing that needs um, notice here, I've got Cardinals 6, you've got them at 10. I think 10 is a very, very valid place to put them. You had them 5 last week, I had them 4. And they end up going and they drop a game to Cincinnati, they drop 2 to the Mets, and they drop 2 to the Diamondbacks. That's not a good week. I just I had trouble discounting them first off because overall like a lot of these games they didn't like look terrible. I mean you're talking about three four run games from your pitching staff. It's not like you were getting blown out. And also with the way the Mets are playing right now, coming out of that series, losing that series at home, I can understand I can kind of understand having trouble with the next series up and end up splitting with Arizona. So obviously like this isn't a good week. This is five and five in their last 10, but it, I don't feel as bad about them as I should. All right. Um, my top five we giants. Have five? We have the same top five to an extent. Hold on. Sorry. I, that made no sense. Forget. I forget. I use words. All right. I, sorry. Uh, you're all good. LJ. Um, Giants, Blue Jays, Yankees, Dodgers, and Mets. Um, LJ, I finally did it. I took the Dodgers out of number one. Um, you finally saw the light? 
I mean, the Mets threw a no hitter this week, so I was like, eh, I can. That's what I you needed. You, it wasn't. It wasn't about the wins. It's no. about the Mets, baby. Hey, here we go. Here we go. Let's go. Come on now. Here we go, Mets. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you needed. What no just hitter. happened? What? What it's was about that? the money, Spider Man? <laughs> about the Mets, baby. Um. No, so it took you the second no-hitter in franchise history for you to put them in this spot, not the wins, not the fact that they keep winning series against good teams with consistency. Well, I still – I I almost had the Dodgers number one um, just because they, the they didn't do play? anything to make Move me not want play. to put them number one. But to be fair, I didn't want to take a bunch of – crap from from you and have that bog down the podcast today so well now it's gonna now it's gonna bog down the podcast no it's not no it's not um you know the top three i moved the yankees to number three um after number seven i mean they haven't lost since we last did the rankings lj moves them from number 12 to number three um huge series against toronto starting today so um yeah Hopefully, I mean, if they can win this series, I don't, I don't know when I would ever jump them over the Dodgers or the Mets. I think number three is kind of where their max is right now, at least in the landscape that we sit in right now. But maybe in a few weeks, I could make the case for the Yankees number one or number two should they keep playing uh, very good. But I think that the, that the Dodgers and Mets are a tier above all um, these, like the Yankees, Blue Jays, and Giants. Actually, I don't really – I don't know. First off, again, you're talking about Yan- Yankees, Blue Jays, and Giants is a really uh, really good tier to be in, in in itself. I don't think they're that far off. I mean, you know, you talk about – you go in if you win this series in Toronto, at least convincingly, and you definitely have to win convincingly in the weekend against Texas. You've got Texas at home. That's one of those scenarios where I think I could justify moving them above – LA especially if they keep scoring runs because we already know this team is going to have the pitching intact it's been solid they've got a lot of good arms here but if they can keep scoring runs and they can win these games decisively this week I would certainly put them up to two um LJ any comments on that Blue Jays Astros series for like the second weekend in a row that they played um no I I'm pretty well set on this, I think. Okay. Pretty um, plain game. Blue Jays are looking as good as advertised. Houston. Is it actually – here's a good question to pose, which is partially the MLB just being really bad at making schedules. But how different do you think it is? It's basically not the same team if when you come to the playoffs. Like these two teams meet in the ALCS – having played the majority of their games in the first month, month and a half of the season. They don't play each other again for yeah, the rest of there, the season. There's no there's no proper comparison between even the players no. at that point in time. Like that's just why No, like, I know. At the end of the day, like, um, as much as these wins like matter, it's gonna mean very little when it comes to both of these teams' ultimate goal this year. Right. And when you think about it, because if you are in the same league as a team um and they're not in your division you play one home series and one road series against them and that's it for the entire season um and 
Unfortunately, you can sometimes get situations where potentially two of the best teams in the American League play each other on back-to-back weekends, and that's it. There I mean, were... we this, it's not like this is an uncommon thing, too. We got this with Boston and Houston last year. Yeah. Where they played twice in May and then end up meeting up in the ALCS. Like, and that was a very competitive series because even though it wasn't competitive at the beginning of the year. Absolutely. No, I, I completely agree. Um, I'm sure you could find, I'll try to find the show last year where we spent like an hour just ripping on the MLB for their schedule. Uh, it, it was pretty good. Uh, it was, yeah, because it, it was the day the schedule came out and literally it came out while we were, did it come out while we were recording? It might've been like right, right prior to us starting recording. Oh, it was brutal. It's, this, the, these schedules are brutal. Well, thank you everyone for listening once again to our Power Rankings show. Uh, be sure to check us out Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. We'll be back tomorrow to discuss um, like the 10 games that are happening today. Yankees, Blue Jays will, will for sure have some sort of recap on and um, any other news that we happen to spot between now and then. But till then, we'll see you guys. Have a good one. See ya. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Winner.